Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. Now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. I played the wrong intro. That's <laughs> funny. Hi, everybody. How are you today? Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You show. thought I had that queued up in there, right? But that's the old one from like 2010 or something. I don't know. But anyway, thank you all for listening. And um, thank you all for making our show so successful on Blog Talk Radio and in the world. It's, it's growing and changing. And we've got about 2.5 million downloads, listens, and shares at this point. And I'm just so very proud of Everybody who's involved with our radio show and our guests, and we just keep getting connected more and more to the neatest people. And um, I, I love our guests today. I've been, I've been kind of doing some not intense research <laughs> or anything like that. You know me, um, but I've been researching this company a little bit, and it's, co- it's called Audazzle, and you can find it at audazzle.com. And I have the co-founder here with me today. His name is Selwyn Lloyd. And um, he and his, uh, I'm not, yeah, his wife Marie Lloyd. Um, they're the parents of Daisy. She's a little girl who lost her eyes to cancer at the age of two. Daisy lost her confidence and her self-esteem. She was left out of games at school, the playground, and, and even at home. But um, he, he and his wife founded this company to not only help the visually impaired, but help those with um, varying degrees of social isolation and other issues, and this is a this is just the neatest company. Now, I think what I'm going to do is be quiet and just let him uh, welcome you to the show. Salvin, how are you today? I'm great, thanks. Thank you very much for yeah, inviting me on. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, so people, while they're listening, they can go to audazzle.com. I'm going to go ahead and spell that since we're audio. It's A-U-D-A-Z-Z-L-E.com. Can you tell us what your company is about and um, what it does for the world and why people should go there and and all that good stuff. Okay, so um, first and foremost, we're a a social enterprise, which means we are a regular company uh, with a a clear social mission. Um, And we want to create uh, games for blind and visually impaired people that they can play with their sighted friends and family. So that separates us from other um, accessible games developers in that we're trying to make an inclusive solution. So the problem that we want to solve is a problem we know as a family. It's the problem where one of the kids gets left out because they're different to the other kids. And it's not a fault of the children. They're not given the tools to include their sibling or their friend. It is, it, it's the fault of people like me that we did sort this out already so that's how we got started hmm. is your is your background in software development and company development i know you're a, a graduate of the oxford site business school um is that that's correct right um that's right. <laughs> connected with them. yeah is that what you went to school for or um 
did it twist and turn so, with the, with a need? There's an interesting story. Yeah, I um I went to art school, and I was a fine art graduate in 1989. Uh, I, I love art. I love the visual world. So this was particularly poignant when my daughter had eye cancer. Um, it, it flattened me. Uh, I didn't know what to do uh, as a person that looked at the world and appreciated the world around me. Um, software development came into my life in, in a self-taught way, which was quite common. People my age in the 80s, there was no schools to go and learn today's technologies like web development or game development. It hadn't started. Then. So um, I'm self-taught. And I guess I'm what you'd call a software entrepreneur. So I've made my living from software and tech startups for over 20 years. Um, so I hope that answers the question in terms of, of of my background. My background was in arts. I self-taught in terms of of games and software. Yep. How how old is your daughter now? Daisy's uh, coming up to 17 this March, um, so she's 16 right now, and she is at a school for blind and visually impaired kids here in the UK. And. You know, if we were to interview, if we were to interview Daisy, would she say this is something that just completely changed her life as well? Uh, well, I heard somebody interview her recently, and and it surprised me because I, you know, I lose sleep about have we had that impact yet? Is it is it doing something for Daisy already? Uh, so on the one hand, I would say yes because she knows we're doing it, and I think that makes her happy. And I'd say yes, because she enjoys playing the game and she enjoys telling her, her friends about it. They're all wanting to play the game too. So, But does the system you know, change the world right now? Well, I don't think it does. And I think we, we still have a way to go um, and, and a lot of work to don't do. Don't we all? <laughs> we all. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's a really common thing when, with, with um, people who are entrepreneurs that they never feel like they're doing enough, fast enough, big enough. <laughs> It's yeah. really it's yeah. a it's a shared common theme across the board um with with entrepreneurs and um yeah I hear you. Did um so she's she's alive and all these things and what I'm going to ask just a couple more questions about her. What's she doing? Um what are her goals and things like that? Because you know we have we actually have several um, I have several friends who either are hearing impaired or visually impaired um, in our in in my life, and I know personally me I am negative ten in each eye, so without contacts I am technically completely I can't see at all. Um, so I'm just I'm curious how how's she doing? What's she going to do with her world? Um, and um, that's got to be very fr- frightening as parents to have a two-year-old get diagnosed with cancer. There's got to be a whole thing there. I know it's a lot of questions all at once, but um, yeah. can you kind of go there for me and just explain to somebody, you know, that we never know who this show is going to touch. Okay, so so sure. Um, let, let me reflect on that. So, so yeah, um, it, it was very tough when Daisy was, was diagnosed, um, and a lot of parents who've been through sim- something similar might say it's almost like grieving when you get a diagnosis. How that you thought you had is is different and 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 it has a huge impact on you. 
Um, and perhaps for Daisy too, although she was too young to remember, her, her world did suddenly change uh, when the treatments of her eye cancer were no longer working. And we, we didn't want to lose her daughter. And the, the only advice was to remove her remaining eye when she was four years old. Um, <clears throat> so then we as parents thought, let's get Daisy into mainstream school. You know, we don't want her to feel different or be different. And it felt like the right thing to do. So we, we went and interviewed various infant schools in the village where uh, near to where we lived in, in Devon in, in England. And we found some lovely schools that took Daisy. And so her journey started. Um, that had a huge impact on us as a family. Marie retrained. She is a scientist by profession. And she's also a homeopath, but she retrained from being a lecturer to becoming a teacher of blind and visually impaired kids, which was inspirational in its own, in, in its own right. And it's brought us a lot of happiness and Marie. Oh, and she still does that now. Like yeah. Shivers. That is, she's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that gave me shivers. Yeah. How how brilliant and genius is that? Yeah. Oh. So that, so that yeah. was, a you know, the immediate impact. Now, Daisy... Um, the day after she had a surgery, we were in the sick kids uh, hospital in Toronto and we were staying at the Ronald McDonald house. Uh, and Daisy was under the care of Professor Brenda Galley, who is the world's only uh, specialist in, in the treatment of retinoblastoma. There are many forms of eye cancer and, and eye conditions, but there, are, there, is, there is or there was at that time just the one specialist. So we knew we were in the best hands, um, but um, you know, we, we faced that uh, moment where Daisy had to have her eye rem eyes removed. And the following day, Daisy was whizzing around the kitchen of the Ronald McDonald house on a scooter. And we knew everything <laughs> was going to be fine. It would be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she, she'd already figured out where everything was. She'd, she'd obviously been losing her sight gradually. And, and I remember her eye used to fill up with blood, so it was impossible for her to see anything anyway. But she carried on playing, you know, and, and with all the other kids there. So, uh, you know, the signs were good for Daisy. And the point I wanted to make was she never complained. That's she what just I was got wondering if it. she went down yeah. a... Go ahead. No, no. She was the, br the brightest, and still is, the happiest of children with an infectious laugh. Uh, and so she just cool. carried on. She... she so um, she was 11 years old before I ever heard Daisy ask the question, why am I blind? And I was dreading that moment. <laughs> uh, but it was very casual the way she said it. She, she, at that point, she just didn't seem bothered. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I took Daisy's example and I just got up and carried on as well. I carried on running uh, our regular software company that just develops middleware systems and database platforms, web apps, fairly mundane, and uh, but it brought in the money. I kept doing that for a few years, um, but always felt and wanted to do something uh, to do with Daisy's sight loss, but I just couldn't find a way in. And it wasn't until I wrote a story uh, for all of the kids about a cat that I started to feel like I was writing a video game. And then the penny dropped. I thought, well, why am I not writing a video game? I have the skills, so why am I not doing it? And I started to research uh, soft, uh, game engines. 
when I found a game engine, I thought, yeah, I can get running with this because I know the software language. And lo and behold, it has this 3D audio capability. I thought, wow, I, I can put sounds into a 3D audio space and Daisy would know where they are. Uh, Daisy and I play a, a game called Goldball, which if you have any blind listeners will know, it involves putting a bell inside of a ball so that you know where the ball is. And I just married those two concepts together. And that was how our space shooter uh, came about. So I, I didn't want Daisy to know. I wanted it to be ready for Christmas Day. So off I went in the loft for about a month, coding away on this thing. And um, because I had other duties as a father on, on Christmas Eve, I didn't quite <laughs> hit the deadline. I, I managed to get it done for Boxing Day, but it still went down well, nevertheless. Um, and we had a lot of fun when I introduced this idea to the family. And things springboarded after that. I was um, at Oxford University studying business, told my classmates about this idea. They wanted to help. They wanted to get involved. And, and that's how we formed the company soon after that. I, you know, that's that's so special, and that just exactly says why why you're on this radio show too. Because you it's, you're just so from your heart and so kind, and your daughter's amazing, and it's inspirational. And you know, because when I I was connected through um, the business school through my Twitter account, they were interviewing me for for Twitter um, a research thing for Twitter, and. I said, you know, we were on audio and all that stuff from here in the UK, and I said, you know, is there anybody who you think might be good for my radio show, somebody inspirational? And within like two seconds, your name was brought up. So that says that just speaks volumes, and it, it's such a joy to to be able to interview you. And I thank you for giving us your time today to share this with us because it's so important and it's making a difference. And um, it's just really important. You know, here in the U.S., um, there was a story that aired. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but um, the story that has been airing about a, a blind um, long snapper for USC. He, um, he has a little kid, um, kind of the same thing, went blind and, uh, and um, had always been involved with the football team, and now he plays at a college level as their kicker, or snapper, sorry, their right. long snapper. And um, right. so his name is Jake Olson, and so maybe you want to touch base with him if you can can get a hold of him. That might be a neat a neat connection for you. Um, but he's at USC. His name's Jake Olson, and he's the long snapper, and he's blind. And it just I just get so inspired. Yeah. yeah, and I am I'm always just so inspired by life not dragging people down, but rather up. When even you know when even you just thrown for for a curve, and um, <clears throat> so. I, I applaud you there. Can you tell us more about what the game is called and um, how how people can play it in your website and, you know, all those things, how how we can access what you've done and is there a cost and, you know, all that, all that stuff. Tell us more about the game itself. Sure. So um, the game has a, a kind of a well-known plot. Uh, there are these things coming from space and you have to prevent them. Um, so it's, a, it's what's called a, a space shooter and it's, it's a good place to start as a game developer um, the actual name of the game is, is Jumping Sources and again as you said with it being audio I'll spell that so it's J-U-M-P-I-N S-A-U-C-E-R-S so there's no G in Jumping it's Jumping Sources 
all one word, and you can get that on the App Store and Google Play. Uh, and we have uh, also builds for Windows and for Mac. What we found in testing was that um, a lot of our blind focus group users and testers were saying this would be a lot easier for us on PC with a keyboard or on Mac with a keyboard. Can you do that? So we did. And um, we're about to release a new version, version 1.8.8, which um, allows you actually to create your own version of our game and send that to your friends as a challenge. So what we've realized in, in, in the past year or two whilst we've been developing this platform is that um, we can't solve the problem on our own. We need users to help us solve the problem. And there aren't that many developers yet that are willing to make inclusive accessible games. It's a, it's a lot of work just to get one. Okay. So we figured a way where you can customize our game, make it your game and share that with your friends. And this way we can get more games out there. And that probably is the way that we'll evolve as a business with not just um, Space Invaders games, but other kinds of games. And, and not necessarily just video or arcade style games, but I'm not sure how much you know about the, the um, if you like, the market for blind and visually impaired people. But well, my father as we get older, is... We all... um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. No, no, please. Um, go ahead. Well, I was going to add my father is um, basically blind. He's a stroke survivor. He's um, He had a stroke in 2004 followed by a number of complications. And um, he. It, what's coming to mind as I'm speaking with you is I uh, call my dad when we're done here and tell him to go to have my mom go to Google Play for him and, and download this for him. Um, but he has um, cuts from strokes and um, other now basically um, – what do they call that? Meticular, um, macular degeneration. Sorry, I got that word completely right. wrong. Macular yeah. degeneration. And so he is slowly going blind. And um, I'm, my, why I'm saying that is I'm wondering, is this for children, adults, people of all ages? Um, what's the what's the target audience for this so people listening know? So it's, it's absolutely, it's for kids of all ages. So there's, there's no uh, adult content and there's no gratuitous violence. Um, we're, we're trying to make that our, our kind of focus is, is for kids of all ages. We're particularly interested in sort of family games opportunities. This is where we're doing the most of our research at the moment. Um, so let me share with you my, uh, about my father. He lost his sight to a cataract, which is quite common yep. and it can be treated. But for quite a while, he didn't get the treatment. He had to wait. And uh, at that moment, we were developing the game and I, I told dad about it and of course my dad's 81 which you wouldn't know but he's of a generation that, that doesn't want to be playing video games so and i'd always <laughs> wanted to persuade him to play a video game ever since i was a kid and now i was spending all my money on space invaders as he said Me too. So i said dad dad you, you i'm gonna convince you to try this game and he said how i said look you're controlling a Spitfire, and a Spitfire is a World War II fighter plane, for, um, which is, you know, heroic in, 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 in Britain. It, it's number one fighter plane. And it's all he wanted to do as a kid was be a fighter pilot. So when I showed him he could he could fight these space aliens with a Spitfire, he was in. And, and I got a lovely little video of him testing our prototype and enjoying it. Um, 
So yeah, uh, and those are the kind of moments that make you think, wow, this this could really work. Um, yeah. So you know, one of one of the co-founders, Anarika, said to me yesterday we were meeting in London, and she said, "Oh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be great if um, you know a grandchild could reach out to their grandparent and say, I need you to come and help me battle these aliens, and they could play in real time together using our <laughs> yes. game." And right, yeah. And so right now, that is a it's a very solvable problem actually. So we're we're working on that. Um, and really, you know, any any opportunity. Uh, to use games as a way just to, to connect again with people we would, we would know that we are having our impact when we see that yeah. happening. So, uh, yeah. When, now, when you do something like this, I imagine um, it, kind of like where you're going with it, is it, it takes turns and twists and goes down paths that you never probably, well, you might have thought of it because <laughs> you're brilliant, but, you know, you 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 somebody says something like, hey, can your software do this or could we apply it this way? And it takes a new life. So I, I'm wondering if what your plans, if you have any further plans for it, like, for example, like in a school for the blind or visually impaired, with someone like you who knows how to develop software that can help someone who's blind or visually impaired, does it take on another life to do more um, and to do other things and to create things that teach kids or does that already exist? I have. Uh, do, you, do you see what I mean? Like, is it? Are absolutely. You... I, I just, I okay. just wonder if you've got, kind of got this big Bravo camera that you're not telling me. Because <laughs> no, I was I at don't, a school. To, uh, was... <laughs> okay. So yeah, I was at no. a school today this lunchtime meeting with a group that I've been working with now for oh a whole school term. It's the start of a second term, so quite a while. Uh, fantastic kids, inspirational kids. Um, they're blind and visually impaired, and we've been working on a new game together. Uh, and we use turn-based storytelling to get the idea for the game. So every kid in the in the group has had a hand in in the story. And uh, yeah, it's 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 something we put on a Kickstarter campaign that we did last year that that did get backed and supported. And thanks to anybody that's listening that did support us. That was that was wonderful. Um, and and so yeah, we we absolutely want to work with kids and schools. And we're working on a platform where kids can work as a group and, and come up with an idea for a game or a way to customize their games on our platform and then share them with each other. It's, it's, it's really key from my point of view. And I, I'm really inspired by uh, platforms like Minecraft where our kids oh, yeah. can go and express themselves. You know, um, And another one of our co-founders, Barbara, very much said that. She said, you know, we really ought to be aiming to do Minecraft for blind and visually impaired kids. It, it would be wonderful if we could do that. Brilliant. And uh, so that those kind of ideas are, are, are fed in sometimes at a high level because I'm, I'm the tech guy and, and I have to figure it out. But absolutely, that, that's where we're going. We're, um, we're very much trying to create a maker platform and we're looking at hardware as well as software in terms of assisting people so that they can get involved and do stuff. You know, there's a, a, yeah, a wonderful charity. So I was just going to tell you about a wonderful charity in the UK um, that uh, find hardware that helps people play games that uh, have complex special needs. Um, so sometimes all they can do is move their eyes and they found ways for people to make, play Minecraft using their eyes and they're called special effects. 
And, you know, we're looking to work with these guys as well. And all of that stuff's going on. So it's, it's a really inspirational place to be in terms of technology. There's some, some amazing stuff happening. Yeah, I have a 14-year-old son. Um, I'm one of those parents that allows my kids to be on the computer. I'm a mom of four boys. They're 14, 16, 18, and 20. And I believe computer programs are, and games and things like that are just completely genius. I, um, I, I think they develop kids in ways you can't and like us old people, me, old people can't even, like, we just didn't grow up with it quite the way they've got it, where you can chat with your friends online while you're playing the game and all this cool stuff. I mean, it's, it, I go back and I see what they're doing and I'm just baffled. My brain just can't even catch up with some of the stuff that they're doing. It's it's just wild. Um, and my first introduction to all these types of games was a game you probably know called Club Penguin. Have you ever heard of that? I don't remember it. I have to be honest. It was so much fun. They're like, mom, come online and have a snowball fight with us. So you adopt, you, you know, you become a penguin and then like right. the penguins, you can do all these cool things with it. But the most fun I had was when every, the penguins all have a snowball fight. I'm like, no way. All of us <laughs> are like having a snowball fight online. That is just crazy cool. And that was years ago now when they were just pipsqueaks, and now they're playing all the games that you know you're kind of talking about. So it fascinates me. Um, yeah. And I used to be, I used to be the one. I have kind of a technical background. I used to be one of the people that they would call in to actually try and break the software to find all the bugs. And you know, right. they used to call it like stack dumps and stuff like that. So I was the one who would just use it, use it, use it and to find all the stuff that wasn't quite coded right or would break um, for things. So, But interesting. That's that's so cool. I've, I have another question for you here, um, and that's when you play a game like this and you are visually impaired um, or, or uh, impaired in any way, does it develop other things about you? Is it true, or do you have any research that shows when, you know, one system isn't working so well, one of the other senses picks up and gets developed more. Is there anything along those lines that you there know of? That, I'm just curious. Yeah, there is a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of research, particularly into sort of cognitive um, disabilities um, and loss of memory uh, in elderly people that um, certain kinds of video games can be used to retrain the brain and, and encourage the synapses uh, to start working better. So so I, I think we can all anecdotally look at brain training games and see how they could make us better at things like, say, solving a Sudoku puzzle or or that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think the answer is yes. The, the, there's a lot of science that, that is showing and there's a lot of research into the positive um, capabilities of, of using games in helping people overcome uh, so in re rehabilitation, uh, you might use rewards, and I think that's another thing parents would understand straight away. Parents are really good at, at creating games with their kids, you know, star charts and high fives and, and, and all sorts of things that would incentivize the kid. That That's a form of game. So, yeah, there, there are all kinds of ways that games can be positive. Yeah. How can people reach you if they want to be a part of what you're doing? Um, and are you looking for partners or investors or any anything like that? So kind of a general public and then a partner investor kind of question there. Okay, so well, we, they can reach us 
email at, at team at audazzle.com um, and obviously via the website. Um, we are looking for more beta testers and we, we have fantastic feedback from testers. So so that's the, the kind of uh, way to reach us right now and, and certainly get my attention. Um, in terms of uh, investors and, and partners, uh, I've, I've already mentioned um, special effects. And I haven't mentioned RNIB, which is another um, huge blind charity uh, that does incredible stuff. So uh, when guys like that are organizing events, uh, we've already spoken with them and we're happy to go along to those events and, and demonstrate what we're doing. We are looking for hardware partners in terms of designing uh, the technologies that we've come up with. And uh, distribution, you know, in terms of providing the support services that our end users often need in terms of getting things set up. So, yeah, please, please get in yeah. touch. Um, like any other startup, we're looking for growth capital and we're, we're ready and more than happy to talk to investors and, and show them our progress to date. Um, so, yeah, we are, as I said at the beginning, we're a, we're a social enterprise and, and that means we're a business. And uh, in order to have social impact, we have to be a sustainable business and a responsible business. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how does, so for, for somebody listening who can't quite kind of understand the, the concept of how someone visually impaired might be on a computer or, you know, on a phone, how does that work for someone who's blind? Like, how does it work when you can't see it? What what's it, what does sure. it do differently than something like say that I can you know I've got my phone right in front of me I can see it um, if I take my contacts yeah. out I can of course but you know, it might be a good test of the game if I take my contacts out um, what what is it well, let's just think about the two major platforms and there are other platforms but we'll talk about Android and Apple and we'll talk about the pioneering work that they those guys have done so Apple have uh, introduced a system called VoiceOver, uh, which blind people can use to access a phone, not despite not being able to see it at all. And it, it really is, you know, a, a revolutionary um, move in terms of, of tech. Uh, you never see it on their adverts, but it, it is mind-blowingly good. Uh, and it means uh, that they can listen to the menus by uh, the use of um, the way that they pinch their fingers and, and swipe the phone. And there are a whole set of um, sort of shortcut swipes and touches in order for them to, to use a phone and um, an iPad the same. Similarly, Android have done something called TalkBack that, that works along those same lines. So that's how they can use a device. From my point of view, um, the accelerometer, the way that they tilt the device, we can use that to control the ship. And we can use the audio from the from the device via headphones to get the 3D audio effect. And um, there are other things going on inside the game, which we've specifically had to do in terms of talking scoreboards, um, talking navigation, tips on how to play the game. And we're using something quite geeky. And I'm trying to be mindful not to go too geeky, but we're using Raycast. I can go physics. geeky. It's cool. We love geeky. Okay, so we're using Raycast physics, and we've made some real breakthroughs in terms of um, the cliche of a picture telling a thousand words. So uh, we are very much about trying to describe the scene in, in a way that's useful. 
if that makes sense. So um, yeah. oh, um, it, it's, it's very, very true that we learn from our eyes. And when you're playing a game, you're having to learn quick and adapt quick to what's going on visually. So, so, so yeah, that, that's what we're about. Um, and that's how the games work, and, and that's how you might use your phone. Huh. Um, kind of a last question here because we're going to run out of time here, but um, no. is there anything I forgot to ask you? I know there's a question here about measuring the impact of what you're doing. Um, yeah. And, yeah, d d how do you measure the impact of what you're doing? That can be uh, probably easy in a sense of okay. how many people download this or something like that, but the impact on just one person, you might change a life and never even know it. So yeah, and that that's a tough question. So um, one of my class classmates and co-founders, Barbara, would be the best person to ask. She worked for the World Bank, and um, she was all about our social impact and measuring it. And, and she kind of guides us with that stuff. We both uh, studied under um, Professor Alex Nichols, at, and the reason I chose to go to the side business school was to learn about social entrepreneurship because I, I just knew that. Uh, this was the, the, the smart business of the, of the future. Um, it wasn't good enough to just have a business that made money, not for someone like me. You, you needed to have a business that was doing something worth doing. Um, yeah. And that's what they teach there. So, you know, how do you measure that? Um, how do I know if, if, if kids are happy? Well, when we're in, in a focus group situation and you see the smiles on their faces, Although you can't take an electronic readout from that, it, it, it's that kind of impact is, is immediate. It's very very apparent. Um, we can record again on the geek side of things. We can see how how much progress people are making in the game. Uh, we can see whether or not our game is truly inclusive and accessible. If there are, if there are real extremes in in terms of um, who's who's getting through certain levels and who isn't. And we noticed that with our first few versions of the game. You know, we, we hadn't quite got the gameplay right. And I could tell that we weren't having the impact that we wanted to have because um, sighted gamers were having an unfair advantage still. So, you know, we, we can look at what's called the metrics uh, of the log. And basically, uh, every time a person completes the game, we just get a little log sent in terms of uh, how many shots they managed to take. We share that data back with the user so that they can see it, see themselves, um, how, how well they're doing. But in terms of our, our overarching mission to combat social isolation, again, it's one of those questions that I keep beating myself up about and saying, well, are we doing it yet? Um, are, are we, are we raising, I guess we're raising awareness, which, which is, is measurable because you can see, and thanks again for interviewing us and, and bringing me on today. So you can see that we're oh. getting the word out. Yeah. And I guess you can well, see we're getting lots of followers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, have a, I have kind of a final question, and we'll wrap up here. Um, when In the United States, and this could just be me, I guess, I don't know, but I think it's pretty universal here. When, when you say the word Oxford um, and that school and everything, people immediately go, oh, brilliant, genius you know, that kind of thing. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the business school is? And for somebody listening who might be inspired, who might want to go there or whatever, um, can you just kind of enlighten us a little bit and show us the path, um, do, you know, to, 
to go to that business school because it seems like it's incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, so I I decided at um, coming on to the age of, of 40 that that were, there were still things I needed to learn and wanted to learn as, a, as an entrepreneur. And I, I'd done work with Oxford in terms of software. So I knew all about them. I didn't realize they had a business school there. And I found out that they did. I'd, I'd heard of the London Business School and Harvard Business School because they are both very world famous for, for entrepreneurship and business. Um, but I was curious. You know, as you say, Oxford has a fantastic reputation uh, as, a, as an institute of learning. So I, I went along to find out what was different about them. And what was different about them, and maybe still is different about them, was that they did have this more holistic view of, of business and the future of business. And, and in particular, from my perspective, social entrepreneurship. They were also um, putting forward a very strict and... Um, almost excruciating program of, of learning. You know, this this was going to be a really uh, difficult thing to achieve. There were tough entry requirements to, to get onto the course. but So that was daunting at first, but I thought, no, 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 if, if I'm going to do it, I'll, I'll do it right. But, you know, ultimately, if I'm honest, uh, it was a family decision too, and I went back to my wife, and she was keen to point out to me, because I'm a, I'm a competitive person, and if I went to the wrong school, I'd get the wrong thing out of it. And she felt that I wouldn't come out of Oxford as a competitive person. But if I went to uh, London Business School, I, w I would just be trying to, you know, may maybe make my way in the city, that kind of thing. And she didn't think that suits me. And, and like many men, I listened to my wife and she was absolutely right. I, I, you know, I, yeah, I couldn't have made a better choice. And, uh, and yeah. I love her to bits and she knows that, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Say hello to your wife and daughter for us, and if you have other children, oh, well. them as well. Um, we appreciate you so much for being with us, and thank you to, to everybody at Oxford Site Business School for connecting us with you. Um, best of luck with everything, and we hope you'll come back and give us an update, you know, six months or a year or whatever what, whatever you need. Just holler, and we'd love to have you back on. Thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to that. Yeah, thank you. And to everybody listening, um, thank you so much for listening. And that was Selwyn Lloyd of Audazzle. His uh, website is audazzle.com. And um, you can go there and, and um, visit. And, again, you can download his game, Jumpin' Saucers, on Google Play or the App Store. Um, that's J-U-M-P-I-N, no G, S-A-U-C-E-R-S, -E all one word, and no, no G in there. Um, and we thank everybody for listening again, and take care. Have a great day, and we'll see you at BestEverU.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at BestEverU.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.